You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome to the Leading Lady Fitness Podcast. This is Steph Wilberting, your host. Here, we'll be talking about all things wellness, how it impacts our journey and affects the way we show up in the world. Hey, everyone. Welcome to a really special episode of the Leading Lady Fitness Podcast. I am here with two extraordinary women, Marja Harmon and Morgan Anita Wood. Um, Both of them are starring, I guess, in two different productions of Hamilton that are opening up really soon. Uh, Marja's up at San, in San Francisco with the Aunt Peggy tour, and Morgan is here in LA with the Eliza tour. Um, hi, ladies. Hi. Hi, Morgan. Hi, Steph. How are you? I'm good. Um, so a real quick little how we all know each other. Marja and I have known each other for five, six years, maybe. Um, she do or still does, um, is part of the Mark Fisher fitness community back in New York city where I started as a trainer and early June, 2020, Marja and I collaborated and did a fundraiser workout for, to raise money for black lives matter. And at that workout, a lot of her Hamilton community friends showed up and that's where I met Morgan. And now Morgan has been part of my leading lady fitness community for over a year. So I'm really happy to have both of you here. Um, how's it going, Marja? How's it going in San Francisco? Um, it's going so amazing. I'm so excited because we just had our we just finished our first week of rehearsal here in San Francisco for our Hamilton company, and Morgan will hopefully know the joy and the gloriousness of that starting next week um, when her company begins. But I, it feels so amazing to be able to sing through the material again, to come to it with fresh new eyes uh, and a new heart after everything that we've gone through this past year and just the collective safe and mindful space that Hamilton has created returning has been something I've never seen before in my 20 years in this industry. And Mm. I feel very fortunate. That's amazing. Um, Morgan, how's it going in LA? Oh, I'm, can you hear me? Okay. Oh, there we go. Amazing. Just want to make sure. Um, Yeah, I, you know, I've just been soaking up, uh, being a week behind, I guess, in rehearsals to the Ann Peggy company, which was my OG company. So I'm so (laughs) happy to see all those faces together in a room again. Um, but I have been really enjoying sitting on the couch and <laughs> watching TV and just, you know, trying to veg out as much as possible because, you know, like coming out of this insane unprecedented year, you know, I, I think my body's trying to, uh, and mentally as well, trying to prepare for jumping back into a rehearsal environment that is as, you know, huge as, uh, Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so encouraging to hear and really, truly unsurprising to hear how amazing the experience has already been, you know, within a week that Marge has had with um, her company. And I've just been so enjoying seeing all of those faces and hearing the voices. They, you know, they, I saw that video on Instagram of everybody singing Skylar sisters and I just like welled up immediately. Oh, <laughs> so, 
it's going to be, it's going to be pretty awesome. But yeah, yeah, I just, I'm really enjoying, you know, having just moved here from Brooklyn, just, you know, soaking up this amazing sun and just living, you know, totally. <laughs> um, I just, you two are the most remarkable women. I'm just so happy you're here. Um, oh, Stephanie. <laughs> you really are. I can't I'm cry like, anymore oh, this week. Okay. I've maxed out. <laughs> so the premise of this podcast is to talk to people about the way they have explored, continue to navigate showing up for themselves whether it's through workouts, meditation, um, chasing joy, whatever it is, how we show up, how we practice showing up, and then how it impacts the way we show up to the world, if that makes sense. So what I'd love to dive in, because I think this is a really, um, this is something that a lot of people in our Broadway and beyond in the theater community are going to experience. Right. You went from being in a show, in show mode, eight shows a week, to a 15-month pandemic hiatus, and now you're back. So, Marja, we'll start with you. Just a little bit about show, pandemic, show. Like, what's it been like? How's it feeling? Um... I mean, I think like most people, it was incredibly difficult and, 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 and it was difficult for everyone, but in, in many different ways. Um, at first it was a welcome respite. Like if I'm just talking just strictly a break from like the show, rest on the body, rest on the voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and then once we realized how obviously uh, a serious the pandemic was, how long we were about to endure. <laughs> um, it, it changed into something else. And it, it was really tough. I mean, I had moments where I felt super productive. I felt okay. And I was kind of like leaning into the rest. And then I had moments where I felt really lost without structure. I felt lost without a performance outlet. Um, and, you know, I, turn to moving my body every day. Cause I was like, well, if I can get that done, then that's just one thing, you know, at mm-hmm. least that was like, fitness was my structure during the time. And I also picked up road cycling cause it got me outdoors and gave me new challenges. And actually, honestly, a way to get out all my pent up energy from not having an outlet to perform. <laughs> um, as we've transitioned back into rehearsals, um, I'm really grateful that our company is not just, okay, we're back. You know, uh, there is a mindfulness approach to what we're doing. We're not going to ignore what happened this past year. We're not going to ignore everything that came up with racial justice and safety at work. And there have the support web that they put in place and the structure in which they organize rehearsal. Like we come in, we get centered, we circle up, we do yoga, we do breath work, we do meditation, we connect with each other. We spend about an hour and a half doing that before you even touch material. Mm-hmm. And even the approach to the material is, there's an ease to it all. There's a relaxed nature to it all. Um, and I personally hadn't looked at it. I've performed one song, you know, during 
this period, like satisfied on Zoom in a concert, but like, I haven't really looked at anything else. I haven't looked at the score. And so it was really cool just even like approaching the material, having been away from it so long and just seeing how it feels differently, how it's rooted differently and just honoring where I am in a new way without the pressure of feeling like I have to be something, Mm. you know, this first week. And I want to continue to carry that and through the whole process, because it's been serving my, it's been serving me so well this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. I have to come see you play that part. <laughs> you must. Um, yeah. Morgan, <laughs> what's, what's it been like for you? Same thing, show, pandemic, returning to the show. And of course, you know, I've been just mentally preparing to return to the show. I can't yet speak to what that's actually going to feel like. I I anticipate a little bit of what it might feel like. Um, But I I really don't know because this year has been um, quite a roller coaster for me um, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, as it has been for so many others. But um, everything Marsha just said completely resonates, especially, you know, being in the same show. I, I coming out of that so abruptly. Absolutely. It was a welcome rest. But, you know, I I think it was like, you know, four weeks in or something like that, where I started to have to reconcile with the idea of, you know, what I do is not who I am. And that was really hard, especially because I am like, I am quite young and I really did not have an opportunity to, you know, jump out of uh, college and, and really consider that and be, you know, grounded in who I am as just a human being outside of the theater industry. Like I, you know, jumped into an internship my spring semester that fall, I was cast in Hamilton and then I left New York city. And I, I just had this conversation with someone last night about how, yeah, I'm still figuring out where I fit in all of it. And I think that was, you know, really painful to come to terms with. Um, but I'm, I'm, you know, it was, as everyone says, it was both a gift and a curse of a year for many, especially in our industry to be able to sit with those ideas and unpack them all. Like I was so grateful because I, in thinking all of that and kind of going down this depressive rabbit hole, I was able to, you know, <laughs> be catapulted into starting therapy. And I am so grateful for that because mm-hmm. it just came, you know, it all came to a head, honestly, right around when we met Steph, like I was just so overwhelmed. I mean, of course, so grateful for that workout. Of course, here we are a year later and I'm still like loving leading lady fitness so much, biggest fan. Um, but I clearly, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't hold it all anymore. And I, mm-hmm. I think it was, you know, an amazing opportunity in that kind of, you know, year of isolation and nothingness to recognize that and then be able to move forward and kind of come into the rehearsal process next week is when we start um, on the other side of all of that, which I'm really looking forward to um, because I have gained this kind of, you know, strength in me and my own personal identity outside of Hamilton and the phenomenon that that is, you know? Absolutely. I was messaging with a friend back in New York this week and he was saying similar, similarly, I don't know what I want to do. Like, I was so attached. My identity was actor. My life was the pursuit of acting, which I totally get. I think we all three get that. He's like, I've learned so much about who I am because it was taken away. Um, so I just, you know, can't speak for everyone. I think the three of us agree with that, you know, and he did. And I think there's a lot of people out there that have had that experience. 
whether actors or other industries that were maybe not shut down like the theater industry, but really um, affected. Um, Okay. So as you both know, I've had, because I've had individual conversations with you all just in general about the relationship to self, how as we get older, how things shift in our life, in our routine, how it affects how we relate back to ourselves. So I'd love to hear how has this past year, four months or whatever we're at, affected specifically your relationship to yourself and your body that's the question, Morgan. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's the question, but it's quite a loaded one. Like, I know. Where do I even, you know, begin? I mean, I guess to think about it just in terms of like the just physical aesthetic of it all, you know, I, it, that was really, really rough. I, um, so I went into Hamilton actually at my unhappiest, if that's the correct way grammatically to say that, and my heaviest physically, just for my personal body type. Um, and it was not lost on me where I was starting that show. And so then on the other side, when I was transitioning from the Aunt Peggy company in San Francisco to the Eliza tour in LA, I was like down to like a weight, like personally for me, where I felt really comfortable, strong, um, you know, just beautiful in myself, like not necessarily even like, you know, conforming to like the body hierarchy that has been built around us. Um, but, and I got to that point and as soon as the pandemic hit, and a couple months in gaining all of that weight back and just kind of falling into like this, um, pit of anxiety and depression, I felt completely at a loss. I just did not know how to move forward because I, you know, and I had so many conversations with both you and Marja. Like I just sent Marja so many audio messages. I'm like, Marja, I gained all my weight back. Like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, and it's just, I like, and poor Marge was on the other line. Like Morgan, like we're not burning any calories <laughs> like in a day. Like <laughs> she's like, we went from performing this show eight times a week to doing actually nothing. And my body nothing. did not know how to reconcile that. Yeah. Because I left college where I hadn't stopped moving for four years. And then I moved to New York where this, it doesn't, the city will move forward without you just as the show Hamilton will. Like it is a, a moving train that will not stop. So I feel like that was like a huge thing for me um, in terms of just physically kind of, you know, just getting to a point where I could be at peace with where I am just because I, you know, the biggest and most important factor of it all was that I'm pursuing my joy. And if that means that I'm going to have that extra milkshake and I'm going to sit on the couch for a week, that is okay if it's me, if I am happy, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think a huge element of that that helped was I read the, the Body is Not an Apology by Sonia Renee Taylor. And I was completely enthralled and changed by that book, which also started me on like reading more during the pandemic, which I haven't had time to sit and read in so long. So that's another aspect of this journey that I've yeah. loved so much. Of course, starting therapy, just basically, you know, making sure to hit like the, the outside physical of me and make sure we're at peace there. And then like looking inward. And that means, you know, like reading, learning, unpacking my word of 2020 was dismantling. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah. So that, that was the, the big year. <laughs> Before we shift to Marja on that, two things are coming up for me. The first is whether you're coming out of Hamilton or 
you worked at a restaurant and it shut, right? And you're a month into this pandemic and all the things that you just said, Morgan, let's also remind ourselves that we were surrounded with a virus, people dying, the world's turned upside down. I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> I did. It was inevitable. It was, yeah. it was inevitable. Right? All the disrupt in the world. So it was just everywhere, you know? So on top of our personal journey, the world's journey was in, is just, it was too much. It was too much. Um, the other thing I wanted to share, my therapist said to me yesterday, perhaps the goal is to figure out how you want to be with yourself and not how you want to be like, I want to be happy, like how you want to be, how you want to exist with self. She had said versions of that in the past year, but she said it yesterday. I was like, ooh. I'm going to write that down, you know? And I think that's a little bit about what you were sharing this past year has been for you, Morgan. Um, just like the, like it, I wasn't, it's so funny that just talking about the journey with self and that is so, so much to encounter, especially like when you, you are essentially just, you are the vessel and you're not really necessarily tapping into like your own personal humanity and like a, in terms of like the theater industry and being a performer but I completely left out the fear <laughs> and, you know, just the, the racial injustice factor of not only this past year, but of 400 years. It's just like, it's that it almost, yeah. Like I said, at, in June, it, be, it just all came to a head and it became too much to carry. And so it almost felt easier to look inside, which is the, honestly one of the scariest places to go when there's nowhere else to go in isolation. So yeah. I think that's it gets real when we go there. <laughs> Incredibly, yes. Um, Marsha, what about you? I mean, Morgan and I have talked about this. Stephanie, I've talked about it with you. There's not a single person in my life who hasn't had those aesthetic concerns coming out of this time, including myself. And it just also just makes me think, how toxic is diet culture that we can have the year that we had especially when we were in like fear of flight, like fight or flight mode for like most of it. And our joy was so contained. And if you don't think drink and food was a part of that joy, oh my God, <laughs> you know, I've consumed more THD and alcohol this past than I ever have in my 38 years. I, I'll admit it. And like, <laughs> yeah, it shows. And my body still showed up for me every day and I moved it every day. <laughs> but that we could go through all of that and still come out of it and be like, I don't look the way I did. And I didn't feel shame about that. And it just breaks my heart because I mean, we've all, we're all experiencing it. And you do, you do have to acknowledge that and sit with it, but also go back to that. We fluctuate, our bodies fluctuate throughout entire lives. Um, and we just came out of an extremely scary and stressful situation. Hello, cortisol that yep. spikes, that affects weight. That, I mean, everything. And I kind of got down to, you know, if I can move my body every day, if I can, um, give my mind, like work out my mind, like listen to a podcast, read a book. And if I can connect with someone each day, then I am doing enough. And like, and I was feeling centered, like that mm -hmm. kept me 
as grounded as I possibly could. But I mean, I've had, I've had those same, those same feelings and that same kind of even like shame, I hate to say it coming out of this time. And, and like the second half of the pandemic for me, because my partner lost his mother tragically. And then my father had a a scary life moment where we thought he was no longer going to be with us. So I was just in caregiving mode Mm. for like four months to a point where like, I didn't have any time to really self care as much as, you know, I normally do. And I just feel like right now, like this time now with me and myself in San Francisco and even back in rehearsal has been that for me. And even like one of our mornings of yoga before we started rehearsal, you know, um, we're being instructed by this incredible goddess, (laughs) Kareem Platadi. And she, you know, had us like hug ourselves and we did it. And I just immediately started crying. And my instinct was to control yourself here in public. (laughs) And, And then I stopped and I was like, no, you need this, release it, you're safe. Because I hadn't taken care of myself or ask myself what I need in so long, because it's just been go, 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 not only from the pandemic, but also then like, you know, what does my partner's mother need? What does my father need? What does my mom need? What does my sister need? So, I mean, it's just been like the first time that I've been really able to get back to those things that really ground me and it feels really great. Yeah, that's awesome. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Um I must have had a great therapy session yesterday because I have something else to share with you guys. <laughs> um, and I'm sharing what my therapist said to me about me, but I think it's a built-in actor attribute. She said, you spend a lot of your energy working on being resilient. She's like, I'd like to share with you that I think your resilience is set. I think you can let it go. She's like, I think it's good. You have it to tap into, but you're, and it's that like scarcity mindset of an actor. I think that a lot of us have, but she said, I think you can let go of needing to be strong. And this isn't quite what we're talking about, but what you, Marja, when you were talking, it made me think about that. Like this past year and a half, let's just call it that, there has been a layer of resilience that I don't think any of us realized was happening or was being built or was existing. 
And it can catch up with us when we're always trying to rebound, you know, and kind of what you were saying, Marja, now that you're in San Francisco, in your happy place, in this creative mode, and back to what you said earlier, earlier, like back to you, it's like we can exhale a little bit and let that resilience, that grip maybe is a better word, let it go a little bit. Any thoughts on that from both of you? <laughs> it's so, I think the three of us, as much as, as we've discussed, you know, about our personal lives and our families, it's really interesting because it's occurring to me just now how aligned we all are and feeling like the glue and feeling like if I don't hold these people up and lift them up in my life, they will, the ground will fall from beneath them all <laughs> and it will be my fault. <laughs> and I, and I, it's so funny stuff. Cause like my, my therapist has said some things incredibly similarly, like, you know, just talking about, um, in regards to strength and, mm -hmm. and what, it, there was one amazing thing she said to me, what if you just walk and not run, just walk. And I, and it's such a simple, you know, thing to say to another human being, but it struck me clearly because it stayed with me. Yeah. And because, yeah, my whole life, I think I've just been kind of on like this, this the fast track or, or trying to be, you know, mm -hmm. I'm just in, in a hurry. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, that comes with a lot that comes with, you know, the weight of, of being, you know, a biracial black woman and walking through the world and feeling like, do I have time, you know, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. and having, especially after this last year, having that fear. Uh, and um, also just, as you said, the like, actor's attribute of scarcity and, you know, just a constant, um, anxiety that lives in us of, you know, lose job insecurity, you know, and, and, and all the things that come with, with what we do and in the industry. And I, yeah, yeah it's just, you know, I always journal to myself, just like deep breaths when it comes to the idea of strength and, and resilience and just having to hold, hold it all, you know, yeah. but the, but the reality is the reality is we don't. Yeah. And then that's so good to hear. Well, and to that phrase your therapist shared, which is amazing to tie it back to, you know, the way I, how I kind of know you both from my work life. What if we could look at physical transformation, whether it's through weight loss or fitness as walking to the goal instead of running to the goal? Same thing, right? You can take that analogy into anything, um, we so often are trying to run to the 10 pounds off, run to the next size of jeans. And I think we might get there, I'm air quoting this, faster if we just walk and let things happen um, and not try to make it happen so hard. Um, on that note, um, I want to wrap up with this. And I think this is going to, this can be whatever it is for you. What makes you feel really strong? Physically, emotionally, mentally? Is there a certain thing when you do it? You're like, God, this is it. How do you, how, how do you feel strong? Or when do you feel strong? Marja? Um, I, you know, I'm going to go back to those three things that I kind of just said. I feel strong when I move my body. I feel strong when I exercise my mind. And I feel strong when I connect with loved ones. And when I just allow myself to be wherever I am that day, which is something like we were all talking about, like mm -hmm. sitting, sitting with yourself mm -hmm. and not feeling like 
I have to be the glue or the resilient one or the strong one that day. If that's not where I am, I'm honoring that. And for me, a big part of the lesson from this pandemic is like, I'm very type A, very control, like to micromanage a lot of things and people. And I try not to, but I mean, like, so having no structure, having nothing to plan, having, you know, swimming in uncertainty this past year, it was a great lesson on how to let go of all of that. And that how much easier and less stressful it is when you walk and not Mm -hmm. run. Mm -hmm. And when you just, you can fight the wave or you can ride the wave, you know? And um, my partner always says to me, you got to be fluid, baby. (laughs) And he says it just like that. (laughs) He's always like, Charles is always like, why are you stressing? You got to be fluid, baby. And, you know, and I kind of, and it always makes me laugh and it always makes me relax. And I'm like, yeah, because, you know, the things you spend all that time stressing about are never the things sometimes that come in and change your life. No one ever, we never stressed about a global pandemic. We never thought about that. Nope. Nope. And here we are. Here we are. Yeah. Morgan, how do you feel? When do you feel? What makes you feel strong? Finally started to understand how to do it in the first place. I think mm-hmm. I've known what makes me feel strongest for a really long time, but it's, it's always that idea of like the biggest breakthroughs come in like the smallest, simplest terms, you know? And I, I think when I just listen to myself, mm-hmm. I feel strongest. Like Marjorie was just saying, when I like just let myself be where I am, there's so much power yeah. in that and security. Just, you know, like I, I've really, really tried to take advantage of this past, you know, two weeks, like introducing myself, reintroducing myself to LA and, you know, like in the show, um, a little bit, you know, here and there trickling back, but just like Marja too, I really have not looked at it a lot. It like Mm -hmm. this past year, it just, it, it honestly made me too sad, but now I feel like I've been able to have the space and give myself permission to jump back slowly into that world. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I've never been good at saying no, I'm still really working on that. But I think when I listen to myself and we're, you know, we're Morgan in her mind <laughs> mm-hmm. and to get together, we decide we are not up for that social interaction today or, you know, we're, we're, we're not really feeling a healthier meal. We're, we're actually feeling five guys or like, which is exactly what I did. <laughs> you know, did that this very last week. Like, you know, I just, I, I'm, I'm really just trying to be come into my authentic self. And I think the best way to do that is to practice being me, which is such a funny concept, you know, it's, it's also weirdly correlated with theater. Like, you know, we're always in rehearsal, always practicing to perfect, you know, these positions we find ourselves in, but like the last person I ever really considered was Morgan. And so I think just finally being able to put myself first, like we are up for this today or we are going to go to the gym, but not because of like wanting to look a certain way or wanting to prove something to the person next to us on the treadmill. We're going because we want to move our bodies. And honestly, Steph, I know like this will probably (laughs) make you, I hope it doesn't embarrass you, but you have truly made exercising a joy for me. And like, I, cause I, I was so intimidated. I second that. Yes. And (laughs) thank you, Marja, for introducing me to this community because Steph, this past week I went to the gym and I was the only at least female identifying or like woman presenting person in that part of the gym where there's just weights, like free weights. And I had never done that before. 
I've yes. always walked into that space and felt small and insignificant and, and not worthy of being there. And I'm like, I'm just going to go run on the treadmill because <laughs> listen to my music. But I came back and I told like my partner, like, I was just like, I did it. Like I got in front of that mirror and I just like, <laughs> I was lifting and I did my own thing. I was in the zone and I felt strong because like I chose to be there. And like, and you, you gave me that confidence to enjoy it. You know, mm. like what a concept to like, to just move my body and yes, to walk, not run. Yeah. To, the, to the whatever finish line it may be, if there ever is one. Well, let so, me tell thank you, you, for somebody who's never done a kettlebell swing before, you knocked it out of the park the first time you did it. Did you see that, Marja? <laughs> I did. And I, I, I gave her like fires. I was like, get it, Margot! <laughs> so oh, <fun>. my gosh. <laughs> oh, ladies, I just... I just fucking love you. And mom, if you're listening, I will be cursing on this podcast. Um, is there any last parting things you'd like to say before we wrap up? I just am so honored you took some time for me today. Um, these first few episodes, all the episodes are going to be wonderful, but these first three um, are really special because I've never done this before. So um, I'm really happy that you're here. Really grateful. Is there anything else you'd like to say or share or promote with the world before we wrap it up? I, I am so grateful that you've asked both of us to be here. I'm so grateful for you, Stephanie. I'm grateful for you, Morgan and this community. And, um, no, if you feel safe to do so, come see live theater because we miss you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Morgan, what about you? Yes. I'm getting teary eyed thinking about what I want to say. And it's just, um, thank you to Steph. Oh, I hope I don't start crying. And Marja, um, because you are two of the, you know, very close intimate group of women to me that helped me survive this past year, um, in so many ways. Like the fact that I could just exchange audio messages for five minutes. You have no idea (laughs) what that meant to me to just make it through some days and, and to like see Steph and that community online and all of us just doing burpees in our kitchens. Like it was just so unifying and, you know, um, it just brought me so much joy and I'm so, so honored to be here. So thank you for having us Steph. And yes, please, please come see live theater. Yes. I cannot (laughs) wait. Um, thank you for being here, ladies. I think the, as mentioned at the top, the premise of this podcast being about the way we show up in the world. I think we, in the past 30 minutes, really were able to explore what that's been like for the past year and what it's, how it's transitioning into whatever this new phase of our life is. So thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your brilliance. And I can't wait to come see you guys soon. Um, Everyone else, thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye, guys. Thanks for joining us today. Check out other episodes on all streaming platforms, including the Broadway Podcast Network app. Be well, and see you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org because only together we rise. 